The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, today our show is about raising kids, and have that's when we talk about love and fighting for love, sometimes we have to fight against everything that would interfere with our love with our children and their love for each other and their love as they grow up. So um, I just heard about this new book called Nights in Training by Heather Hopped, and I'll tell you a little bit about her. We have her joining us from Dallas today. She's the mother of what she calls three nights in training and a spunky little princess. She's got four children, and she wants to raise children who will make a difference in the world. As an educator, writer, and a conference speaker, she inspires parents to pursue a loving and holistic approach to education and parenting. She has taught a variety of uh, settings, ranging from preschool nature classes all the way to the college biology labs. And now she homeschools all four of her children, and she lives with her family in Dallas. And you can find out more about her at our website at conflicthealing.com and also at her website at Heather Hopped, and I'm going to spell her name, it's H-A-U-P-T is her last name. So that's Heather, H-A-U-P-T dot com. So thank you so much for joining us, Heather. We sure appreciate hearing from you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and talking to you about raising kids and helping kids work through conflict. Yeah, it's, it is, uh, a, the, I think, one of the greatest challenges, you know, when we have our kids. My kids are pretty much grown, but they're still our kids, and we still have to, you know, help them to be the best that they can be and be there for them no matter what and support them. So it's, uh, I remember the days when my kids were young like yours, and it was um, a learning experience, and I think it's great that you've written this book so that you can help other parents to to kind of get a guide on, on how to raise kids. So let's first talk about what inspired you to write Nights in Training. Yeah, well, coming up with the idea was birthed out of a desire to be intentional with raising my boys. And so when my boys were really little, they were six, four, and two at the time, we read our first book about nights, and my boys were mesmerized. And I had... Um, I had come from a background of all sisters, and so walking into raising three little boys <laughs> was culture shock. They, they were just so different, and so I 
spent a lot of the first couple of years of my life, think their lives, thinking, okay, I had this all together, and then realizing, whoa, I have no idea what I'm doing, and then just sort of wrapping my head around how could I reach them where they're at, because I was looking towards the future going, gosh, there's just boys are rude and crude, and they're disengaged from from everything that matters, and they're having to sort of, we're seeing this failure to launch, and so that's rolling around in the back of my mind, and then this one day we were reading a book about knights, and it just mesmerized them, and so I'm looking at it going, okay, well, I'm going to use this opportunity to talk to my kids about chivalry, because I want my boys to know from an early age how to treat women with honor and respect, and really how to treat everyone with honor and respect, but recognizing, whoa, there's differences here. I wanted to make sure they had that strong foundation, and so I went and started researching what was chivalry, because I'm a history buff, and that's when I discovered it was so much more than how a man treats a woman. It was an entire code of conduct that um, that was that was taught to up and coming boys going into knighthood, and it was painted this picture of an ideal that they even used to call the grizzled knights of old back to when they would start to stray. And as I looked at this, I realized these principles are timeless. It's about honor and integrity and being truthful, even when there's consequences. And so I'm looking at this going, okay, this this is what I want for my boys, and it gave me um, just the idea that I wanted to embark on night training, and I wanted my boys to really take on this mindset of wanting to be brave and strong and true and to have an eye towards caring for those around them. And so I printed off this list from the French epic poem, Song of Roland, posted it up, and I gathered them around, and they just... They were hooked, and it was interesting to see how this afforded us an opportunity to talk to our kids about important things that we had already been talking to them about, you know, being truthful and standing up for those that are weak. But it gave them, it gave them a sense of purpose, because I, I realized I was tapping into their language and speaking in battle terms and being brave and being the hero, and these are all things that my boys wanted to be, and so it gave us sort of a roadmap, if you will, to be intentional about pursuing these things. Right, and and it's so wonderful because then they're looking at this hero that you're reading about and saying, you can be a hero too if you do these chivalrous things, right? Yeah, yeah, so we started pointing out chivalry when we saw it in our books, and then we started looking for how... Can we be? How can you be the hero today? And so that's why I really wrote this book was to flesh out what does it look like to be a modern day hero, to be a modern day knight, not only in this season of boyhood now, but in that someday season of manhood. And for us, um, specifically as mothers, to just recognize and embrace everything that makes our boys so uniquely boy, and yet reaching their hearts and pointing them towards wonderful ideals. Yeah. Let's talk about basically like that list that you found. I think for for those parents who are listening in or future parents, you know, we're on the campus of the University of California, but we have many adults who have families here. And of course, we have all the people driving by. So if you could give us kind of that list of what are the things that really make up chivalry and, and, um, and, Give us a little bit of each one of them and what it means to you. Perfect. Yeah. So the first one was to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so for the knights of old, 
belief in God was really foundational for them. Second was obeying those in authority over you. So that was important for the knights of old, just for the structure of society, and it's important today. So again, unpacking that we are all under authority and how do we respond appropriately to that mm-hmm. against injustice and evil, defending and protecting the weak. I think these are the two that our boys gravitate to the most because they speak to that inner desire to be the hero. And so pointing out how they can do that now, um, respecting the honor of women. So that was a portion of chivalry, but only just a small portion. Refrain right. um, from the wanton giving of offense. So don't look for a fight where there isn't one, which gives us a chance to talk about manners and bullying and those kind of things. Um, and that's such a big issue now. I mean, we've talked on uh, my other show, Privacy Piracy, we've talked a lot about bullying because it used to be, I mean, I remember even when I was in second grade and people would bully me, you know, because I had been in a car accident and I had a cast on my leg and kids would be mean, you know, and kids are mean. They can be mean when they're little and when they're older, too. And But now bullying online is so much worse. So I think really addressing that from the from the viewpoint of chivalry is beautiful. Yeah, because it gives a boy, I guess, a reason to do it. So when I talk to my boys about people's feelings, they're sort of like, oh, okay. But when I talk to it in terms of them being on the lookout and protecting other people, it, it all of a sudden changes the equation. And so we're talking to our kids about the same things, but I've changed my window, and it, I'm speaking in a language that they understand and they really want to embody. Mm, beautiful. I think it's, it's exciting. Um, yeah, so give us some more of those uh, lists. Yeah, and the last four is speak the truth at all times, mm-hmm. generous and willing to share, uh, persevere and finish the task at hand, and then pursue excellence in all you do. And so those last two really start getting at the heart of this entitlement mentality that we're seeing in our culture um, and just sort of rampant laziness and people that are just sitting back doing the bare minimum. And that's not what we want for our boys. We want our boys to just live full out yeah. the path they're called to go down. Right, right. I guess you're going to have to knight them. <laughs> You know, I mean, I think about the Queen of England when she knights somebody, right? When she puts the sword on each shoulder (laughs) and have them graduate as knights in shining armor. I think that's so cute. Yeah. So um, what do you mean by typical boys? You know, um, I don't know. My kids, I, I have one boy and one girl and all the kids at you know, hung out with my my son, were pretty healthy kids, all smart, and, you know, they ended up fine, and my son went to Duke and graduated with honors and all that good stuff. So um, what do you mean by typical boys? Yeah, when I say typical, what I mean is stereotypical. So when we think of that stereotypical modern-day boy, we think of that boy that's rude and crude, um, that sort of gangs up on other people. Um, we see that sense where boys are just sort of having that failure to launch, unlike unlike your son, where they just, they're not going to college, they're not finishing college, and so we're starting to see that in some of 
again, statistically speaking, that fewer boys are going to and graduating from college. They're living with their parents much further into into their 20s and 30s than their female counterparts. And so I'm taking a look at these problems that we're seeing in society in general and then going, what can, what can we do as a family that's different that sets our boys up for success in life? Yeah. We don't, don't have that stereotypical failure to launch or stereotypical inability to sort of read situations and just sort of barrel through life without... Mm. context. Well, I think one of the big fears in the high schools and the colleges is really, you know, the opiates, you know, and the drugs. I think that really can take kids way off off kilter and um, and send them down a very difficult road and a very upsetting road for for both parents and the kids. And um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't, the kids that I, I used to teach high school in New York, and um, the kids were, were good kids. I mean, they were good kids, but sometimes they got into trouble. So I, I guess I don't see the stereotypical as being necessarily rude and crude, but, you know, um, I think if they don't have good direction, like the kind of direction you're giving your boys and parents that are really involved and caring, then I think it, it is um, the challenge that they're going to go down the wrong road. I think what's really unfortunate is that parents expect the teachers to totally raise them but if the parents are you know are working both parents are working they come home they don't spend any time with their kids that seems to be a huge problem wouldn't you say yeah in fact you nailed it right on the head and as kids they're just they're in process and they need training and they need guidance and direction and love and so when we as parents are available to them and investing in their lives we really have an amazing opportunity to make a huge impact in their lives and really prepare them to successfully navigate the future. So, yeah, that's exactly what my book is about, is just being engaged. And as we're engaged with our kids and we're walking them through just whatever scenarios they're facing in life and giving them the tools they need so that they can walk those out successfully, that's what makes such a huge difference. So our boys, they don't want to go through life failing. No. And so when we step in and we go, hey, here's how to succeed in this arena, they, they latch on to that and they want that direction. And so we just need to, as parents, be available and be on the lookout for how can we help them. Yes. And I think that's why books and training is so important for parents because, you know, not all, uh, most of us had parents that, you know, nece- didn't necessarily have your book <laughs> or have books to help them. And they just, you know, did the best that they could, but they weren't, you know, we don't always have that kind of training. We don't really learn that in school, which, you know, I really believe that we should be learning how to be a parent, how to be a good citizen, how to be a conflict resolver. And I don't think that um, really enough of that is being taught in the schools. And parents are just so overwhelmed and busy. Are, are you worried about all of the technology and the and the iPhones and all of these phones where people are not really communicating anymore except by text or email? We, it is, it, it has an interesting dynamic. We are more connected than ever before, and yet, in many ways, we're more disconnected. 
And so that is something that's really important for us as parents is helping our kids walk through how to develop interpersonal skills and how to talk to people in real life, to work through conflict in real life. And that can't happen at a theoretical level. It has to happen in that everyday talking with people. And so, yeah, we do need to be careful with this digital world that we live in and provide training and guidance for that. Like, how do we talk to people? How do we remember that that's a person beside, you know, behind that little icon out there? And how do we navigate that realm? But I think it starts with the foundation in, in real life relationships first and then transitioning to, okay, how can we um, navigate these online worlds as well? Yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll tell you, when I'm thinking about all this technology that we've just been talking about, what drives me up the wall is when, you know, I'm walking my dogs and I'm talking to my dogs and then I see these young parents uh, walking their kids in the strollers or sitting at the park and the kid is sitting in their little stroller and the mom or the dad is just sitting on their phone instead of engaging with their little one who's just sitting in the stroller while dad's sitting on the park bench or mom's sitting on the park bench. Um, what can be done about that? I think part of it is we, just, we have to keep pointing out that this is a temptation and that we need to set boundaries in our own lives as parents. I know there have been times that I've struggled with that. And so I'm actually real specific. If I'm going to go to the park with my kids, I leave my phone in the car or I leave my phone at home. And I go, you know what? My parents could handle a couple hours without their phone. <laughs> right. Couldn't take it with them. I can live a couple hours without being immediately accessible to whomever. And so, yeah, and it just takes, I think, us challenging each other. And so I have had friends that have challenged me in that, or I've seen articles. And, and so I think just even reminding ourselves that we live in a new, new era and we need to make sure that we're stewarding our time. Yeah, I think the whole issue of the students that I had for before I became a lawyer, I was a teacher for 14 years and mostly junior high and high school. And those kids who did the best and those kids who were really the, the most well-behaved were those kids whose parents were involved and who engaged. And I'm just really worried that... With all of the technology, when people are not really communicating, I mean, I have to deal this with this with my kids. I'll get on the phone and I'll try and call my kids, and um, I'll get a text message back. What's going on, mom? <laughs> well, let's talk. It's it's like I have to really kind of coax them to talk to me on the phone because they'd rather just email or text me because it's. It's just the way that they're doing it. And I find that I text my kids more than I would have because that's their mode of communication. And um, that's something I really worry about for parents these days. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a new world that we're walking out in. Yeah. So, you know, what about movies? Um, I always felt that it, it is, um, I didn't like violence in movies, and I still don't like it. And I remember this poem that I read, children learn, l children 
live what they learn, or children learn what they live. I'm sorry. So if you're not paying attention to the kid, the kid won't pay attention to you. If um, if you're yelling or screaming, the kids are going to yell and scream. If you smoke, the kids are going to smoke. If you do drugs, the kids are going to do drugs. But um, so what about these movies that we're seeing that are so impactful on them? What do you think about that? Yeah, well, again, just sort of what you said, we need to be careful what messages are coming in, especially on a, on a regular basis. And so I talk about in my book something called mindful media consumption and just being aware of what messages are being conveyed to us through the commercials we're watching, um, the television shows we watch, the movies we watch. I'm really looking and going, is this conveying a message that we want to embody in our life? And if we're not actively engaged with even figuring out and discerning what are these messages saying, then a lot of times by default, we just sort of tend to adopt them. And so specifically with our boys, we want to look for, are we giving them good heroes? Are we giving them good role models? Because um, they spend, I mean, a lot of our kids spend a lot of time watching shows. And so we, especially if this is something that's more of a regular part of their diet, you need to be looking and going, are they, are they getting good messages? And so we watch, we'll watch movies and we'll talk about them, but there's, there's times where we go, okay, we watched that once and we're not watching that again. In fact, my kids just asked me about a movie earlier today. And I said, you know, yeah, we own that, but I, I didn't really like the messages it conveyed and I donated it. So that's just not a movie we're going to watch. Yeah, and I know you, you were concerned about the movie Frozen, which all the kids loved and they loved the music. And um, and so uh, what it, how did you feel about the movie Frozen? Yeah, well, again, looking at those core messages and my friends, I was looking at it going, what does this movie communicate about men? And again, like you said, I love the music. And we watched it, and that was one we talked about. But it can, it communicates the message that men are either sort of bumbling and lazy or they're power-hungry and evil. And I was looking at those two options, and that's, I don't want that for either of those options for my boys. And for that matter, for my daughter, I don't want her to think that I get to take this or this. Um, I, I hope that, that she has better sense when she gets to that age in pursuing relationships. And so just sort of talking with our kids about it, what did you think about this, what did you notice, and, but then not making that a steady part of their diet. And so really looking for stuff that portrays um, both men and women in, in positive ways. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, you have an interesting approach to how kids play and promote violence and, you know, weapons, playing with weapons. What what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, um, it's, it's really interesting. And again, it sort of goes along with this idea of mindful media consumption. But what I talk about in the book is the fact that weapons are not evil. And I think in our culture, we've sort of vilified weapons. And we have to realize that it's not weapons that are evil, but it's what's inside our hearts. And so talking to our kids about that, giving them good role models. And so if we are giving kids super violent movies to watch, they're going to take that violence that they're seeing into their pretend play. And so that can be used towards bad ends. But if we are giving our kids good stories of valiant heroes, strong men who were brave and did the right thing, 
dozens of the messages they're going to be taking into their pretend play, and as they play these pretend battles, which we've seen any one of us that has a boy, they're going to see that stick, and they're going to turn that stick into a sword, and I just seen something like it's something that's hardwired into most little boys, and recognizing that that's not evil in and of itself, but that actually there can be good there, and I've seen it in my sons, I've seen it in boys that I've watched in play over and over again, it's like they're working out in their mind internally, do I have what it takes to be the hero? Could I step up and give my life to defend um, someone who's in danger or a cause I believe in? Do I have what it takes to be the hero? And so they're working that out through their pretend play. And so we don't want to necessarily vilify um, battle play. We need to recognize that our boys, there's something inside of them that's sort of battle-wired, but work on pointing them towards honorable ends. So what does it mean to fight fair? What does it mean? And so when we, when I let them engage in sword battles, we always talk about, you know, nothing above the shoulders or below the belt. And we talk about, you know, you don't ever stab somebody in the back. That's the path of a coward. And, and so things like that. Or when they were little, I remember at one point they turned a sword, or they were playing Alamo. They had watched the old Davy Crockett movie. Right, right. reenacting the Alamo. And Cowboys and Indians, right? Right. <laughs> Their eight-month-old brother came out, and they were like, the enemy, and they aimed their guns at him, and which was a hockey stick and a stick horse, because they didn't have toy guns at that point. And so I walked out, and I said, time out. No, no, uh, he is not the enemy. He is too young to make that decision. You, you can't do that. And so I redirected their play. And so there's times where we step in and we go, oh, no, that's not how we do it. But we don't squash that desire completely and we recognize that it can be useful in forming their moral imagination. Right, right. So we, you know, we want to talk about when you talked about chivalry, that kind of leads to compassion for other people. What are some things, we've got a few more minutes left, so what are some things that parents can do that really cultivate compassion? We, we desperately desperately need that in our society is to have compassion for for others so what what can we do to to uh, help foster that yeah well we can tap into their imagination and encourage and inspire them to live with purpose so reading these hero stories does that and so recognizing that boys are capable of developing empathy but realizing that it's going to look different, how we motivate that and draw that out in our boys is going to look different than for our girls. So really recognizing and appreciating their strengths and encouraging them to be the hero and to be on the lookout for ways that they can step in and make a difference. Right. And I I would think that, you know, that we always have to be the change that we want to see in our kids. So being a role model for that is also going to be really important and um, so it, it's kind of hard for parents, for families that are divorced where maybe there isn't a father around. Uh, so what do you suggest in, under those circumstances? Yeah, finding, finding male role models. So we were very intentional to find, um, I could do piano lessons. And so I wanted a teacher who was a man because he just approaches things a little differently. Um, sports, a lot of times signing our kids up for sports, they can find that male role model in a coach, um, getting involved with your faith community. Those are all areas where you can sort of be on the lookout for who are good, strong men that my sons can watch 
and aspire to be like. Right, right. So um, I want to just kind of wrap this up a little bit. We only have a, just a, another minute here, but how, how should we raise independent boys? Um, what are some real quick thoughts that you have? Yeah, well, I think aside from some of the issues I've already talked about, communicating respect. We want to communicate respect to our boys, that we respect them and we expect much from them. And so giving our kids real work to do and a sense of responsibility that they are involved in the functioning of our homes. Right, like taking care of the dog or walking the dog or feeding the dog, that kind of stuff. Yes. Yep. Yep, and um, just being having the the being nice to their sister, I would think you got a little girl too, right? So the uh, the older brothers are going to be nicer to their little sister and be chivalrous with her. Yes, yeah. Always having an eye out for who can we who can we take care of, who can we protect, and how can we just show honor to other people. Great. Well, I want to thank you and just give your website. We've got the name of your book, Knights in Training, How to Really Raise Chivalrous Young Men. And uh, just give us your website, and it's time to go. Yeah, you can find me at heatherhopt.com. That's hopt, H-A-U-P-T.com. And also, you have a wonderful blog there, too. So, just take a look at that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we wish you the very best with your new book. Okay? Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.